Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. Man, God's doing something. <laughs> He's doing something today, amen? Yeah. He's, he's up to something. There is, <laughs> it's like, I was going to say there's this coming move of God, but it's already here. It's already here. And so um, I just want to encourage you, um, when Holy Spirit comes and when Holy Spirit hits, um, it hits different people differently. And we don't want to judge the wind by the way the tree is shaking. Does that make sense? So different branches might shake differently and different things might happen. Um, but we want the Lord, and, and the cry of our hearts is, Lord, if it's you, we want you. Um, if it's you, we want it. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. <laughs> but, um, but when he comes and he moves, sometimes it, it moves past our natural mind. It moves past our logic and um, what we think of as normal and, um, and those types of things. But man, when he shows up, People get healed, people get saved, people get set free and delivered, and it's amazing. And it's like, I don't really care what it looks like at this point, because I've done church as normal, and it is boring. <laughs> it is boring without the power of God. And so, um, so we have a high, high value um, for Holy Spirit, for the power of God, and just whatever he wants to do, if it's him, um, we want it. And so we're super, super excited um, for what God is, is pouring out in this next season. We're super excited for Levi and the team coming next week. Um, remember, um, the instruction that the Lord gave us is that we're actually not um, promoing this on Facebook. Um, so anyone that comes next week is going to be because you guys brought them just organically. And um, we just really feel like that's what the Lord had for this particular thing. So please feel free to invite people. We do have an event up on Facebook just for easy sharing. Um, but pray about um, if there's people that you know that need healing, if there's people that you know that just need Jesus, um, I, I believe that we're going to see some amazing things next week. So yeah. So with that, Jesus, we just thank you so much, God, that you're already here. We thank you, God, that you're here. We thank you that you are awesome, that you are holy, that you are amazing, God. And we just welcome you in this place to do whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, Jesus. I ask, Father, for your anointing to go forward, Father, to break yokes of bondage, God, that you would go forth and that you would renew our minds, Lord Jesus. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us. Help us to see you the way... Uh, you see you. Lord, we want to look with your eyes this morning, God. We want to encounter you, God. So I just ask for your anointing to be upon this message and that, um, that you would speak to people's hearts and do what only you can do. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so prophetically, I just want to share with you, for, for many, many people, um, we uh, have been coming out of this season of transition, and it's something that the Lord has been speaking to me about. In, in a season of transition, um, sometimes it's like your world feels like it's upside down. You're coming out of one thing and into another. Maybe your alignments are changing. Maybe partnerships are changing and things like that. Um, and it can sometimes start to feel discouraging because it's like what you're used to is not there anymore. Um, but I feel from the Lord to encourage you that you are actually not going backward. Um, you're not going backward. You are going from glory to glory to glory. That's the promise of God. Amen. 
You are going from glory to glory to glory. And the pain that you're experiencing in a season of transition or as this season of transition closes, the pain that you're experiencing, the Lord spoke to me like uh, in the middle of my sleep. He just spoke to me. This is growing pains. Um, it's actually not wounding. You're not going backwards. This is growing pains. And you're maturing. And as you're leveling up in this next season, um, some of the pain you're experiencing is just growing pains. It's part of maturing. It's part of leveling up and raising up in authority. So I just want to um, release that to you this morning. So yeah, so I just break off any discouragement, any lies that the enemy's been trying to broadcast over people in this season of transition, um, that they need to give up, that they need to quit, that um, whatever it is that he's saying, we just break that broadcast right now in the name of Jesus. And I just release the truth of the Lord that we're actually going from glory to glory to glory to glory, that we are being transformed into your image, Jesus, as we behold your glory as a mirror, God, that we are being transformed into that likeness. God, and we just thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So I want to share with you who you are in Christ. <laughs> the, if, if you want a title for this message, I have a hard time sometimes coming up with titles and points, and you know, it's just like, this is what I feel like the Lord is saying. But um, So the title, if you want a title, is Aligning Your Beliefs with Who You Are. Aligning Your Beliefs with Who You Are. So who you are in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. So you are a new creation. All the old is gone and dead. It cannot be resurrected. Amen? The old is gone and dead. It is passed away. Now, we got um, a new van, well, new to us. We got a new van about a year and a half ago, something like that. And um, it was something that we needed. Our family had expanded, and we now had too many people to fit in a car. So we needed a van. I know my husband was, was concerned that his man card might be revoked if he had to drive a van. <laughs> but we were like, no, it's okay. We're going we're gonna to rock the minivan. Um, but uh, the, the van even was promised from the Lord. The Lord had given me a couple different dreams um, about how it would come about that someone would actually help us to locate the van. And then um, before, uh, before we, we found the van, we had someone looking and scouting like different, you know, great deals and stuff like that. Because um, we, we didn't know if it was going to be a van or a, 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 what do you call it, SUV or, or whatever that would fit our family. And so um, the Lord gave me a dream, and in the dream, um, I, he sent me in the mail a Barbie dream van. <laughs> and it was purple and pink, and it was awesome, and I was so excited because when I was a kid, I didn't um, have a Barbie dream van. We had a lot of, like, hand-me-downs and stuff from my cousin and Goodwill and stuff like that. Never got the Barbie dream van. And so I was super excited um, in the dream, and then um, it had a back hatch that opened, and it had a side door that opened, another side door that opened. And in each of those openings was a love letter from Jesus. And it was like an invitation to like know him in a deeper way. And like, it was very clear, like this gift is from the Lord. And um, so we were so excited when we got the van. Uh, we took road trips in it. We were so excited. The kids loved it. They had room to stretch out. And it's not like, this is my side. This is your side. You know, they had a little bit more room to stretch out. So um, that was about a year and a half ago. So a couple of weeks ago, we went to lunch with um, Daniel Youngwith, who's uh, part of this church. He's not here today. Um, and we walked up to our van, and he goes, oh, look at that. And he pointed to an em emblem on the back of the van. And he's like, oh, look, you, you have flex fuel. He's like, you, you can power your van with ethanol. And I was like, 
what's ethanol? <laughs> I had no clue. I had no idea. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, it's this environmental-friendly fuel, and certain gas stations have it, and it's just better for the environment and stuff like that, but your, your vehicle takes that. And I was like, I had no idea. I would have never. I'm like, I was today years old when I found out that my van could take a different type of fuel. All that to say, when you get a new car, you have to know the features of the new car or you're not going to access them. Okay? You have to know the features of the new car or you're not going to access them. So you are a new creation. So these are some of the features that come with your vehicle. Okay? Um, number one, you are one with Christ. You are one with Christ. Can we put that um, scripture up, Galatians 2.20? Galatians 2.20 in the Passion Translation. I just love the Passion Translation. It's like, it's awesome to read um, a translation that makes you kind of slow down a minute and to read it and to really digest what it's saying when it's in a translation that's not one that you've read over and over. So it says, my old identity has been co-crucified. Somebody say co-crucified. Co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives for the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Isn't that awesome? It is no longer you who lives, but Christ lives in you. You are one with Christ, okay? This is an example that my husband uses all the time. You and Jesus are not like this. You and Jesus are like this. He is in you. You are in him, okay? Your old man was co-crucified with him, buried, gone, dead forever, and then you were resurrected with him into new life. And the life that you now live is a life that you live by faith in him because he lives in you. Amen. This is super good news. Super, you know what? I'm coming down. I'm coming down here. I'm going to come get you. <laughs> this is super, super good news. Super, super good news. Because what that means is that if you see something in your life that doesn't look like Jesus, you don't have to go and try to find that thing and kill it. So many people are trying to kill the things in their life that um, are not producing life or whatever that they see as bad or whatever. They go and try to kill that thing. That thing is already dead, okay? That thing is not who you are. Actually, Jesus is pouring out abundant life. So he, you just want him to come and awaken the life that's already in you. And when you focus on the new life, the old thing just goes away. It's already dead. It's been dealt with. Amen? You have been co-crucified with Christ. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've been co-crucified. Turn your other neighbor and say, I've been co-resurrected. <laughs> Amen. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are new. Your vehicle does not run on self-effort anymore. You are fueled by grace. <laughs> Amen. You are fueled by grace. Okay. Your situation does not influence who you are. Your situation does not influence who you are. Who you are changes your situation. Who you are changes your situation. Um, let's talk about Joseph. 
Joseph and the Technicolor dream coat, you know, that story from the Bible, okay? So um, he, the Lord gives him dreams. He runs his mouth. Maybe he's a little prideful. Maybe he was a little unwise, but for whatever reason, his brothers hate him. They turn against him. They sell him into slavery, okay? So now picture this. He is on a slab. He is most likely naked because that's what you do with slaves to inspect and make sure they're healthy, make sure that they're going to, you know, work for you and stuff like that. He's naked on a slab being sold into slavery, betrayed by his brothers. And what does God say about him? God says, Genesis 39, 2, and the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. God calls him prosperous. He calls him prosperous. There, I can't think of a situation much worse than that. Naked, being sold into slavery. You can imagine the emotional pain. His brother sold him out. They wanted him dead. Like the nice thing that they could do was sell him into slavery, and that was them trying to be nice, right? He's away from his father. He, there's no hope for him to ever be, to ever escape slavery. And God says, but he's a prosperous man, okay? So the truth of who you are actually changes your circumstance, so what am I saying? Success is a state of being. And success is who you are. <laughs> success is who you are. It's part of this whole new creation deal. Okay? That is who you are. So we want to align our beliefs with who we truly are. I actually am successful. I actually am very prosperous. That's what God says about me, and that is the truth. Amen? It doesn't matter what the broadcast is that the enemy's trying to throw out there. It doesn't matter what my shortcomings that I think that are there, right? The truth of God says, I am prosperous. I am success. I am success. Success is not something we're trying to achieve, and it's not something that we can strive for. It is innate in you, and you bring success to every situation that you encounter. Amen? Because you are one with Christ. Christ is in you. You have the mind of Christ. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? You are success. You are overcomer. That's who God says you are. You're an overcomer. What obstacle do you have? You are overcomer. You bring overcoming to every situation that you have. You are more than conqueror. What does that even mean to be more than a conqueror? Yes, you can conquer it, but even more than that. That's awesome. That's what you bring to every scenario. That's who you are. That's part of this new creation deal. Amen? Yes. You hear God. You hear God. You hear him. You hear his voice. You know his voice. You're his sheep. If you are in Christ, you know his voice. You hear him. It is your birthright. Don't let the enemy rob you. Don't let him lie to you. You hear his voice. You hear him. There's many, many scriptures that talks about that. We are his sheep. We know the shepherd. We know his voice. Amen. Those who are of God hear the spoken rhema words of God. That's you. You hear God. Someone confess, I hear God. <laughs> you can hear God. You can hear God. And I want you to confess this too. Hearing God is easy. Hearing God is easy. It's your birthright. It's what Jesus paid for. It is easy. It is very easy. Amen? Very easy. But, 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 nope. It's very easy. <laughs> it's very easy. Trust in him. Trust that he wants to speak to you more than you want to, to hear his voice. 
Amen. It's what he paid for. The veil is torn. There is no mediator. You don't have to wait till have someone else come and tell you what God is saying to you. You can hear his voice. Amen. You can hear his voice. You have spiritual sight. You have spiritual sight. You have relationship with the spirit of truth. You have relationship with the spirit of truth. He talks to you all the time. You may not perceive it, but he's talking all the time. And you might need to change your definition of what talking to you looks like. Different people hear very differently. Some people, it's like, oh, wow, I just have such peace about this situation. That's God talking. That's awesome. I see a picture, and the picture looks like this. God's talking to you. That's awesome. You hear him. You hear him very clearly. I had a dream, and he showed this was going to happen. That's God talking. That's amazing. I don't know why, but I just feel this presence in the room. That's the fire of God inside of you talking. You hear God. You do. Absolutely. You do. Come to expect it. Come to expect to hear his voice. He is very interested in your life. He's very interested in talking to you. Amen? Someone say, I hear God. (laughs) You hear God. Okay? Now, a lot of people are really concerned with the what God says versus the process it was to hear his voice. It's like, is the right thing this thing or is it that thing? Should I go this way or should I go that way? How, how should church look like? Does it look like this? Does it look like that? What about my business? Should I start it like this or should I start it like that? They're very, very interested in the what. But the thing that we need to teach people and that we need to get across is the process of listening, and that's how we get the what. Amen? So I'll, I'll give you an example. So the Lord is breathing on revival groups in our church. Okay, he's breathing on revival groups and it's just like, okay, you know, there was a time that we were doing a midweek service and we're like, God's just not breathing on that. Where where is he moving? Let's follow his voice. What is he doing? And he's like home groups, like you got to minister in your home, like you got to do this revival group thing. And it's like, okay, awesome. That's the strategy. So we stopped, we listened, we got his strategy and now we're moving in his strategy. Now we could very quickly start a doctrine of revival groups and start preaching revival groups is where it's at. Everyone needs to do revival groups. And we're going to judge other people that aren't doing revival groups because we're so concerned about the what, the what he said. But the what he said isn't what led us to success. It was the process of listening to his voice. That's what will always lead us to success. Amen? So we can't solve problems using the same thinking that we did to get us into the problems. Does that make sense? Okay? So like grace... We teach a lot of grace. It's like, wow, God has so much grace, so much grace for people. He has so much grace for process and stuff like that. We can start to get prideful in that and be like, man, people don't understand grace. People just can't get free without grace. Oh, my gosh, religious people. ah!" And then we develop our own form of religion based on grace. Amen. Because our method is not matching our idea. Does this make sense? Okay. The what isn't what makes us successful. It's the process. It's learning from him. It's listening for his voice. That's what we want to teach and impart to people. Amen. The edge that you have in life is your ability to listen, receive, and do what he's saying to do. Amen. It is warmish in here. Can someone turn the AC on maybe? Maybe it's just me. (laughs) All right. The what doesn't make us successful. The process of learning from him and listening to his voice does. 
okay? Um, it's really hard to influence that which we don't have hope for. It's really, really hard to influence that which we don't have hope for, okay? So it, it was a post that my husband put up the other day, but uh, Bill Johnson says, um, any area of your life where you don't have hope is influenced by a lie. Any area of your life where you don't have hope is influenced by a lie. God is a God of eternal hope, okay? So before we can bring influence into a situation, we have to get, okay, God, what is your hope in this area? What is your hope for our city? What is your hope for our nation? What is your hope? What are you hoping for? What is your vision? And to start leaning and praying into that thing rather than looking for a what, does this make sense? So I'll, I'll use another example, um, prayer in school. So many of us, it's like, man, I, I would love it if there was like good Christian prayer going on in school. That would be amazing. That would be so awesome. I love that there used to be, and it was like, man, that's a bummer that there isn't anymore. But would it solve anything to legislate and force there to be prayer in schools? Is that going to cause people's hearts to turn toward the Lord? And I'm not even saying I know the answer on that situation, but let's get God's heartbeat. Like, what is his hope for our schools? What is his hope? That there's going to be a revival in our young people, that there's going to be a revival in the children that's so impactful that you wouldn't be able to stop them from praying in tongues all day long in a school classroom, and it doesn't matter what the legislation says. Amen? Because revival comes first. Revival comes first, and that brings the reform. But reform does not equal revival. Amen? So we've got to get God's heartbeat. God, what are you hoping for? And the answer, more often than not, is going to be revival. Revival. God's spirit coming on people. People burning with fire of Holy, Holy Spirit. That fire is what equals the boldness. That fire is what gives people the emotion, the, the passion and stuff that they need to go forth in the things of God. It's the fire. Amen? It's not the shoulds and the have-tos. We aren't going to fix our problems using the same kind of thinking that got us into the problems. Is it possible that control and a spirit of religion in the first place is what drove people away from the church? If that's what drove people away from the church was control and religion, then how are we going to control and bring a rule that's going to bring revival? We just need the fire of God. So let's focus our energy on Jesus, revival. Come, let it start with me. Let it start in my home. Let it start with my kids. Amen? It's all about the process, listening to his voice for strategy. We actually don't have to be against something from a past season in order to step into the new thing that God is doing. We actually don't have to war against what was done in the past. It was actually probably something that the Lord led people in. So it's awesome. Great. That was that season. Now let's move forward in what God is doing now. And we don't have to preach against something. Does this make sense? Amen. So what does this process look like? I don't care what your job is. I don't care what you're called to. It doesn't matter like what business you're starting, what ministry you're starting, whatever God has in your life. Your process looks like intimacy with God first. That's the process. Intimacy with God first. Intimacy. How do you get to that place of intimacy? It's good to understand the grace of God. <laughs> really good to understand that he wants you there in that place. That's really, really awesome. Having a posture of rest and receiving. Having a posture of rest and receiving. Ask Holy Spirit. 
Ask Holy Spirit. You hear us talk about that a lot around here. Ask Holy Spirit. Should I go this way? Should I go that way? Ask Holy Spirit. Should I do this or should I do that? I don't know. Ask Holy Spirit. What does Holy Spirit say? We have such a value that you can pray in a moment and ask Holy Spirit. Even if the answer is, I'm going to reveal it to you soon. Even if the answer is, not yet. He's going to answer you. Amen. We have such a high value for that. God's good. You hear his voice. Listening for his voice. Spending time in his presence. Spend time in his presence. You become like the one that you spend time with. Spend time in intimacy. How much time? I don't know. Ask Holy Spirit. (laughs) What should that time look like? I don't know. Ask Holy Spirit. Is it on a walk? Sure. Is it in your closet with a journal and a candle? Sure. Is it in your car? Sure. Ask Holy Spirit. Because he knows. That's the process. That's the process. Amen? It is impossible to spend time in his presence and not be changed by it. It is impossible to encounter God and not be changed. Seeking him first, even if the answer isn't the one that you want, know that he's good and he always knows the best way. Trust me, I've learned it the hard way, trying to do it my own way. Well, he says this, but maybe it'll be okay if I just go over here for a minute. Doesn't end up working out because he's a good dad. He doesn't withhold anything from us. And when he tells us no on something, it's for a good reason. Amen. So just trust that you are hearing him, even if it's an answer that you don't want to hear. Be anchored to truth in the word of God, which is Jesus. Jesus is perfect theology. Be anchored to truth in the word of God. Truth doesn't change. Truth does not change. Facts change. Seasons change, strategies change, but truth never changes. So develop a relationship with the spirit of truth and be anchored in truth in the word. Be in the word, always with Holy Spirit, always in the word to encounter the author. It's always about relationship. It always comes back to intimacy. It always comes back to that's the most important thing with the Lord. It's not what we do for him. It's not our ministries. It's our intimacy and our relationship with Jesus. And everything else overflows out of that. And it's so easy. So easy. So full of joy. And it's so him. Amen. These are the processes. So let's talk about broadcasting. Sometimes we experience discouragement because of our own stinking thinking, but oftentimes the enemy is sending out this broadcast in the atmosphere, okay? And that broadcast might be discouragement. That broadcast might be whatever that broadcast is for you, condemnation, shame, or whatever it is that he's sending out in a broadcast, okay? Um, Now, truly, you are one with Christ. You have the mind of Christ, okay? So if you are believing a lie, that lie actually didn't originate with you. Because the enemy is the father of lies. So if there is any area where you are believing a lie or you are in agreement with a lie, it originates from the enemy. Does not originate from you. Because you are gold. You are redeemed. Amen? You are righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who you are down to your core. So if there's a lie you're believing and the enemy's trying to condemn you for that, it's his lie. He's a liar. Smoke and mirrors. Call him out on it. Okay, sometimes he sends out a broadcast, 
okay? Um, this is something that was happening to me this week. I was like, oh my gosh, this broadcast is relentless. And I'm like, I know because it's so opposite of what I know I believe, but this broadcast is condemnation. This broadcast is give up. The broadcast is, oh, I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. Um, brain fog, confusion. There was like witchcraft and stuff like that in the atmosphere. And I was like getting so frustrated. I'm like, Lord, can we just stop the broadcast? And he's like, do you know what? Did you know that you are a broadcaster? You are a broadcaster. That's part of this deal in your new vehicle, and your new creation, that you are a broadcaster. You are a shifter of atmospheres. So you don't actually have to go toe-to-toe with the enemy and battle this broadcast that's coming at you and be like, no, no, you can actually change the channel. Not only can you change the channel, but you can broadcast your own deal. You are a broadcaster. You can actually prophesy what the Lord is saying. You don't have to go toe-to-toe with the enemy. It's so powerful, and you get to shift the atmosphere for other people. Amen? You are a broadcaster. Now, we get our signal from heaven, but when we broadcast it, we get to shift the atmospheres and the airwaves. That is who we are. That is who we are. Let the weak say, I am strong. <laughs> Let the weak say, I am strong. Uh, we were in prayer with our leadership team um, just uh, yesterday. We're having some time of prayer. And uh, it was awesome. Like we were just what we affectionately call getting whacked. <laughs> getting whacked in Holy Spirit. Um, he was just really, really moving and just pouring out just like prophecy and encouragement and just really, really awesome, awesome things. And so um, we're sitting there. It's this wonderful time. And then someone walks in front of me. And all of a sudden, I get this pain on both my shoulders. It was like, like someone just like stuck something on my shoulders. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Ugh. And like my first inclination was like, oh, man, oh, no. Uh, let me try and crack my back and like, oh, I hope this doesn't last all day and I might need to pop an ibuprofen, like what a bummer, you know. And that was like my first, is like, oh no, oh great, I'm going to have to deal with this all day. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, that came on just way too suddenly. It was just like, like someone like put it on me. And I was like, this is either, and I, and I prayed about it, and I'm like, this is either witchcraft or this is a word of knowledge. And so I, there was quite a few of us in a circle and, and I was like, okay, um, is anyone here experiencing shoulder pain? And the person that walked right in front of me raised their hand. They're like, I am. I was like, there it is. That's what it was. And then three other people as well raised their hand. They're experiencing shoulder pain. So I was like, awesome. So there was this broadcast <laughs> of pain going out. I felt the broadcast, and then we shifted the atmosphere. And we're like, okay, no, actually, that's not allowed. And so we started praying over people's shoulders. They got healed. Everyone re- received that healing, and they were free of pain. Once we had done that, no one prayed for my shoulders. It was gone. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. So when you receive a broadcast, you don't have to come under it. You broadcast the opposite. Amen. That's how powerful God has created you. It's not because I'm special. We're all special in the kingdom. Amen. We all have the ability to do this. Okay. Discerners. Those of you that are discerners and you pick up on spiritual stuff in the atmosphere, sometimes it can be annoying. Sometimes it can be hard because you're picking up stuff and it's like, oh, I don't want to feel that right now. Ugh, you know, that kind of thing. You don't have to come under it. You get to shift the atmosphere and, and bring something else into the atmosphere. It's actually a really powerful gift when you understand what it's for and you understand how powerful you are. Amen? 
When you walk into a place and you feel like kingdom of darkness stuff, anyone ever experienced that? When you walk in a place, it's just like, oh my gosh, there's like, you know, some kind of oppression in here, or maybe it's like some, you know, witchcrafty thing or whatever it is. You actually don't have to come under it. You just bring a superior kingdom to it. Amen? Bring a superior kingdom. It's in you, and you can leak it out anytime that you choose. Amen? I love Bill Johnson uses the, the comparison um, with a hose. If you stick a hose into nasty, muddy water, you know how sometimes that muddy water can back up into the hose and it's a mess and it, you just don't want that? If you turn the hose on, nothing can get inside the hose. Amen? So leak the kingdom. Change the atmosphere. Bring the spirit of God into every place that you go. You are much more powerful than you, than you realize. Amen? Shift the atmosphere. Faith comes by hearing. Did you know that when you broadcast stuff, you're convincing yourself? <laughs> How many of you have ever done that? You just declare stuff and like, I, I need to declare this until I believe it, right? You're not even like trying to do the atmosphere, trying to convince someone else. I'm convincing me, okay? When you broadcast stuff, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, okay? So like, Lord, what are you saying? I'm going to broadcast it until I hear it and I believe it, Amen. That increases your faith. Guess what? Faith is sight. So it increases your spiritual sight to broadcast what heaven is broadcasting. Amen? You can increase your seeing by speaking it out. The Lord gives me prophetic words all the time. Um, he gives me words in dreams and stuff like that. Um, I don't just sit back and wait for them to happen. I start to speak those things out. Um, we were going through a difficult time in the church. Like, um, there was just a lot of stuff going on. Like, how many of you know when you go to do something for God, there's resistance? <laughs> right? God always gives more grace and more angelic help. But, you know, of course, the enemy's going to want to bring some resistance, okay? Um, so we were going through some financial trouble. We had, like, about 20, 20 people, maybe 30 people in the church counting all the children and the one in my belly. <laughs> because you count all those things when you're a small growing church, Right? And um, we're going through a tough time, and now we're about to have a baby, and we had to forego any sort of paycheck. And um, that was a tough time. That was a time of testing our faith. It would have looked like wisdom to back out, to be like, okay, you know, we had our run, we had our season, but, you know, maybe God's just not, what else does God have for us or whatever. During that season, the Lord gave me dream after dream. This house is packed out. In the dream, I'm talking to someone and saying, oh, man, the problem is that this building is actually too small. Like, it's too small to hold. Like, you know, how many people are here? I'm seeing, like, tons of people, like, over here. I don't know why it was over here. Um, but all these people that were fresh off the streets and baby Christians and stuff like that. People are falling out in the spirit, encountering joy. People are running to get saved. And it was amazing and powerful. And it's like our, our church is packed. And the problem is that the building is too small. And I wake up from that dream going, that's not what it feels like. I don't know if I believe that, right? I'm like, okay, Lord, if this, if this is what you're saying, we're going to follow your voice. We're going to stick with it. We're going to keep going after it. And so what did we start to do? We started preaching that to empty chairs. Started preaching. Actually, the problem is that our building is too small. We preached it so many times that I thought people thought that I was crazy. <laughs> the problem is that the building's too small, that there are so, so many people that God wants to bring in here, and we're actually going to need a bigger building. It's actually going to be a problem. 
20 people week after week after week, no visitors, nothing, you know, and it's just like, okay, like, I'm just like, there's moments I'm prophesying this. I'm like, you are going to back me up, right, Lord? (laughs) I'm like, I didn't just invent a dream like that, right? And so we spoke it out and spoke it out and spoke it out. And guess what? That built our faith It built our faith. We kept at it. And it was an all of a sudden moment. He even showed that in a dream. It was all of a sudden this like stampede comes in and this happened back in like October. And we're like, we literally, we closed our eyes to, to start worship and we opened our eyes and we're like, the place is full. What happened? Who are all these people? It was just this supernatural thing that God did. It's like he, it's like he opened the gates and was just like, oh, and here they are. And I'm like, it was a definitely an and suddenly moment. Years and years of waiting and then and suddenly. <laughs> but God is good. So we spoke it out. The more we spoke it out, the more it built our faith. How many of you know that part of prophesying is also forthtelling? It's foretelling what's going to happen, but it's also forthtelling. So what you believe is coming around the corner actually changes what's coming around the corner. What you speak is coming around the corner actually changes what's coming around the corner. That's how powerful God made us. We are atmosphere shifters. We get to change our situation. We get to bring success to everything that we're doing. Amen? God is so good, and he gets all the glory. And what is our edge? We just sit and we listen for his voice. What are you doing? What are you on? What do you want us to do? Where do you want us to move? That's, that's the key. Don't wait to speak until you see it. That is completely backwards. Completely backwards. Don't wait for the evidence before you're going to prophesy something. That's, that's the nature of prophecy. It's before it happens. <laughs> before it happens. Before it even looks like it happens. Sometimes you see someone get a prophetic word and they get called out. And you're like, oh man, they must be so amazing. That's why they get prophetic words. It's because they're so great and they're so talented or whatever. That's why they get a prophetic word. No, they are great because they got a prophetic word. That's going to speak into their destiny. That's actually going to change and shift what God is going to do. Because he knows what they were created for because he created them. Amen. He has that for you as well. Don't wait to speak until you see it. That's completely backwards. So now here we are, and we're looking at building plans and stuff and trying to figure out how to knock out a wall and fit more chairs or whatever. Because truthfully, like if we did, did a, if we did do a Facebook advertisement, there wouldn't be enough seats in here. And so praise God, here we are. And the problem actually is that our building's not big enough. And the problem actually is that we've got to figure out what to do with the influx and all the baby Christians that are coming in. There's part of that vision that hasn't taken place yet. And I'm like, so now I'm speaking that stuff forth. I'm like, there's going to be baby Christians in here. There's going to be people fresh off the street that are rougher around the edges and yes, bring it on. Amen. Um, There's going to be an incoming, a harvest of of new souls. Amen. That's what the Lord has planned. So we're getting ready to stretch our pent tags to knock down a wall and see how many more chairs we can fit in here until the Lord shows us where to be next. Amen. But God is so good. He's he's faithful. He's so faithful. Um, What God says about you prophetically is truth. It is truth. Think of Abraham. Abraham, it says of Abraham in Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. So Abraham, an old man, well past childbearing years, his wife, well past childbearing years, they weren't people of fantastic faith. Remember, she laughed, (laughs) but God calls out who they are. And it comes to pass because what God says prophetically about you is true. It is the truth. It is the most true thing. 
Gideon, hiding in a wine press from his enemies. What does God call him? Mighty man of valor. <laughs> hiding in a wine press. That's his situation. And God says, no, actually, this is who you are. And this is what you bring to this situation. You're a mighty man of valor. His word is true. Joseph, naked on a, on a, on a slab. God calls him prosperous man. What God says about you is what makes you great. He's calling out your, our identity and what he made you for. Luke 137, I love this word. This like jumped out at me to, uh, the other day. Luke 137 says, no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Tell that to your neighbor. No word from God will ever fail. So prophesy to the atmosphere. Prophesy to your own self. Prophesy to the people around you. Start gossiping prophecies. Did you hear about so-and-so? Like, she is so full of the Spirit of God. You know, she's going to bring revival to the youth. <laughs> Start gossiping these things. Like, broadcast that stuff. Amen? Broadcast the gold. Mm -hmm. Worship and praise is broadcasting. It shifts stuff. Man, it shifts stuff, I'm telling you. When we come together in this place and we're all singing together, it's not about what we're doing on stage. It's us in unity and it shifts the atmosphere. There was literally, there was, there was a prophetic word giving to, given to us a couple of weeks ago as we were praying and singing a certain song. Um, they saw God's arms wrapping around New York. And it was like, that is awesome. I'm like, sweet, yes and amen, Jesus. I don't understand that, but do it. <laughs> Yay. Like it literally shifts the atmosphere. Like having worship in, in a city, it changes things every single time. That unity is super, super powerful. Yeah, so let's, let's boast. Let's broadcast in the Lord. There's, there's not many things that the Bible gives us permission to boast about. <laughs> we can boast about our weaknesses. Yay, I'm so weak. God is so powerful. Yay. So when the enemy is lying to you about how terrible you are, you say, yes. That's right. <laughs> but God is amazing. I have shortcomings, but God is amazing. And guess what? He made me amazing too. Amen? Shift the broadcast. We can, we can boast about the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, when the enemy comes and brings accusation, man, you did this the other week, and I saw you do that, and who do you think you are, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, my gosh, all the accusations were taken away, everything that was against me and nailed to the cross. Boast in what Jesus did on the cross. He is so powerful. His blood is so much bigger than all that. And, yes, I did those things, but his blood is more powerful, and all the accusations are taken away forever for good. Amen? Start broadcasting that. Boast in the Lord. And I love this one. I think we have this one for the screen. Um, Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24. says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declaring. <laughs> All right. We can broadcast that we know the Lord, that he's awesome. We can boast about our dad, and it's powerful. It shifts atmospheres, and it shifts to where we're not battling a broadcast and trying to cast down lies. We're just shifting it instead, bringing the kingdom. Amen? Knowing God and following his voice is what gives you an edge in life. 
Um, I'm going to shift gears for a second as, as we close. Um, God has been highlighting to me the story of Samuel and Eli. Do you guys know that story? Um, Samuel is like the apprentice and Eli is the, the grown-up prophet or whatever. Um, so they're sleeping. Samuel is sleeping in the temple in the presence of God. Um, he really doesn't know the Lord very much yet. He's just an apprentice. And um, he hears his name being called Samuel, Samuel. So he runs and he goes to see his mentor, Eli. And he's like, you called me. Here I am. And he's like, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So this happens three times. He hears his name being called Samuel, Samuel. He runs over. I didn't call you. And then the third time, Eli's like, wait a minute. Uh, Something might be happening here. That might be the Lord calling you. He's like, so go back and lie down. That jumped out to me. Go back and lie down. Someone say, go back and lie down. (laughs) That's the position. Go back in his presence and lie down and say, "I, I am your servant and I'm listening. What are you speaking, Lord? Speak, Lord. That's the position. That's the posture. Go back and lie down in his presence. Is he calling you? Go back and lie down and just receive what it is that he's saying. Receive what he's saying. Speak. Your servant is listening. Receive instruction from him. Rest. Wait on him. That is an awesome posture. Um, what was so amazing is that I've been processing that story and, and been praying about it and just kind of chewing on it um, because I just really felt the Lord on it. And then the other night I was, um, I was sleeping and I was kind of sleeping on my side and um, I, I was completely like in a dead sleep and I was woken by this, like a, like a hurry up, get up. And I like look up and I'm fully expecting to see my daughter standing there like, oh, we got to go to school or something and she's not. And I'm like, that's really weird. And I look over at my husband and he's turned the other way, just completely out. Uh, my little son is like, uh, we have a little white couch or whatever. And he was passed out there. No one's around. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck was that? Like I literally, it was just like as clear as day. And I was like, what is that? And so I'm like, Lord, is that you? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't, is that legal? Can you touch me like that? I don't know. Is that an angel? I don't know. And so I'm like, what should I do right now? And I just felt led to go in, in my prayer closet and, and to pray. So I go in the closet and I was like, okay, Lord, like, is that you? And he says, yes, I was calling you into communion. And there were some things that he wanted me to, to pray with him about. There was actually some amazing breakthroughs that he gave for me personally, but it was really, really awesome and powerful. And I feel like there's a reason why that story was jumping out at me about Samuel and Eli that's been kind of chasing me around because God is getting ready to, um, to send out visitations to you. And so I just release that to you right now. Visitations from Jesus angelic visitations, visitations of his presence, um, dreams, encounters with him, um, whatever that looks like. Yeah, we just say yes and amen to encounters with you, God, that we will never be the same again after these encounters. Yeah, we just release that over the teenagers as well. He's not missing you guys. He's not missing you guys. He's not missing you guys. Not passing you guys by. So yeah, so we just declare, God, that you are sending visitations, that you are sending encounters, Lord Jesus, and that we're going to encounter you in powerful and life-changing ways, that you're going to be calling out destinies, that you're going to speak to deep things that you're going to do in an instant, what would take years and years of counseling and inner healing, God, that you're going to go in and you're just going to rewire things, God, and we just trust you, whatever it is that you want to do, Lord. So we look and we listen. We posture ourselves to listen. We go back and we lay down in your presence, God. And I just pray, Father, that you'd show us at the appointed time, Lord, to hear the call and to answer it. That when you tap us on the shoulder, that we will move and say, yes, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. 
Lord, that you would show us what it is that you want us to do to receive, Father. And we just thank you, God, that you are going to do that sovereignly because you are just the best dad in the whole world. And we just thank you for it, God. I just pray that these truths would go down deep in our hearts of who we are in you, Jesus, that we would receive on a deep, deep level how loved we are. Lord, how, what it is that you did on the cross for us, how dead sin really is to us, how dead our old nature really is, and how new we truly are, Lord, and all the things that come with that, that you have made us powerful broadcasters in the atmosphere, God, that we are one with you, that we have the mind of Christ. Lord, would you um, continually just unpack that for us, Lord, and I thank you that you're taking us from glory to glory to glory to glory, and we just give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. God's good. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's good.